0: What's up warriors? I'm Kaylee and I'm Betsy and this is the Not Your Mama Pod. The Not Your Mama Pod are not experts of anything but talking. If you need medical or professional help, we do encourage you in finding the appropriate resources. Please know we are just speaking of our experiences or of the experiences of other and have no medical degrees. If you have questions or you need a resource, let us know. We will help you find one. What's up, guys? So today we're joined by an amazing friendo. She's part of the Infertile Myrtles for our Myrtle Beach trip (laughs) in, I don't know, like a month's time now. Um, One of my virtual friends that I have met in real life, she is amazing. Her name is Nikki, and she was gracious enough to join us today to talk through her story and just kind of give us another insight so welcome hi Yay. welcome Nikki hi. why don't you tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself
1: yes yeah, so I'm Nikki I am 37 um, I live in Pennsylvania with um, my husband and our two puppies
0: they're the cutest
1: Peter and Millie <laughs> Millie turns one next week so
0: happy early birthday yeah. So you have both endometriosis and adenomyosis. Why don't you kind of share your journey with us from like symptom to diagnosis and how you're doing?
1: Yeah, so um, I didn't get diagnosed until I was 32, never heard of what it was until then. Um, The only reason I even like got a diagnosis was because I ended up Going to the emergency room a few times, um, I was told over and over again, it was just a cyst and that it would go away on its own. Mm -hmm. And then I like insisted to see a doctor because they just kept like, they just scheduled me for a routine ultrasound. And what's funny is I, I had an episode and I called the on-call service and the doctor literally said to me, I had no idea at this point that I had anything right. And he literally said, well, it says here on your ultrasound, you have an endometrioma, you have endometriosis. Did you take anything? And I was like, huh? I was like, I don't even know what that means.
0: And so crazy.
1: He was like, he literally said, yeah, we don't operate on those things anymore. In fact, I just did a C-section on a woman and I pushed that thing right back inside of her.
2: What?
1: And I was like, (laughs) okay so what do I do now
0: <laughs> okay pause so number one I think it's outrageous how many guests and friends we talk to that say they learned something about their diagnosis through like in all intents and purposes through your medical records yeah. this guy just read them to you like I I have found stuff out about myself just by rereading my notes and being like oh that wasn't important to tell me so yeah. first first crazy part. Second crazy part. Excuse me what? He does what now? He pushes them back
2: in. <laughs> back
1: I was like, is this real? <laughs> I wish it
0: wasn't. I'm like, that poor woman. Oh, like gosh. literally she had no opportunity
1: tough. to like remove it.
0: Like, yeah,
1: tuck that right back in there. <laughs> <laughs> back in, it's just a little.
0: So did he explain what endometriosis was to you or oh. did you immediately just go like research it and be like, Hey Google, what is this? No.
1: So like that week I actually had an appointment scheduled with my doctor and literally like two days before my appointment, the nurse from the doctor's office called. She's like, I just want to give you your results of your ultrasound. Everything looked normal. So, um, if you want to just like follow up, if you have any other problems. And I was like, actually, yeah, um, one, uh-huh. I was just told I have endometriosis and two, I have an appointment with the doctor later this week. Oh good, I'm so glad you made an appointment.
2: <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's the most frustrating thing. Like get your act together, people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just don't yeah. call me. Yeah. Just don't call
1: me. Yeah. Why are you calling me? I'm
0: just just <laughs> give <laughs> me my own records. I'll just, I'll read them. Don't try, trust me. The, the community. <laughs> I'm going to make a post and I'll find out so much more. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so at the same time, I ended up talking to a coworker, actually, who she's like probably like maybe 10, a little over 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, Have you ever heard of endometriosis? I said not really like i i just heard the word i don't know what it means right like i think you might have it because she herself had it oh wow so then i went down the rabbit hole of like google right and i don't think i was even on instagram maybe i was but like it it wasn't something that i used frequently yeah so i was like facebook researching i was googling like all things um so then I had this appointment with the doctor and she literally says like well it sounds like you have endometriosis and then she's like are you trying to have kids right now or no and I said yes and she's like okay we need to remove your cyst let's schedule surgery we'll go in and I'll clean up whatever I see so I'm like oh my god this is amazing she's right. going to fix me she's
0: going to cure me yeah. so <laughs> She's and this is had, just like a normal OBGYN. This is my G,
1: a GYN like cert, like she, she specialized in like laparoscopic surgery. Okay. So I was told. <laughs> <laughs> so I believed. Um. So she was like, we'll go in, it'll be like an hour surgery. I'll go in, remove the cyst and um, we'll go from there. I'm like, okay, great. This sounds simple. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> my surgery ended up being almost four hours oh my goodness Wow. Uh, my poor husband was like wondering what the heck was going on like for hours like <laughs> they called mm-hmm. from the ER or from the OR and was like just so you know everything's fine but we're still working so I, come I guess out we of- are
0: lucky on this end to not be the one waiting. I
1: know that would have like I hate waiting I'm not
0: very patient either.
1: It's (laughs) awful.
0: I'm just trying to think of the bright light, like, I'm glad I'm the one asleep. Yes. It's a lot easier sometimes. (laughs) Just during that period. Trust me, afterwards, you can take it. (laughs) Sorry, I interrupted you. When I woke
1: up, I was like a mess. I was like vomiting all over myself. It was terrible.
0: Yeah. So
1: turns out she ended up removing my appendix because that was swollen and covered in endo um Mm -hmm. she reconstructed my left fallopian tube because it had collapsed and removed multiple cysts off of both ovaries um I think my bowels my uterus and my rectum during that surgery
0: wow don't don't you know you just have a sister in a bad period don't worry and, about it go home shove it,
1: go yeah. shove it back in shove,
0: shove it, it back in shove it back in there it's fine <laughs> that's a lot
1: yeah so then of course like afterwards i still was like kind of unsure like in my mind i was like oh i'm good now yeah, like, like it's mm-hmm. fixed she yeah. me yeah So she was like, now's the time go like, try to have kids. Like I cleaned you out. Like, this is the best chance you have.
0: Your uterus is healed. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's magic. Well, she probably didn't even say anything about your uterus at that point. I'm sure. Like, I'm sure it was just everything else. Yeah. No.
1: So she was like, you know, spend the next like three to four months trying and follow up with me if, um, you know, like nothing happens. So, of course, nothing happens. And then oh. um, at that point, my pain was coming back. And I was like, well, this can't be. Mm-mm. And then that's when I started joining, like, groups on Facebook. And I was, like, obsessing over, like, how quickly does endo return? What's the recurrent rate? Like, all these crazy things. I was driving myself insane with it.
0: Why didn't this cure work for me?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. why like, is, am I going crazy? Like, am I imagining this? Is it just like coincident? Like all everything you can think of. So I went back to her and I was like, you know, I'm like starting to have pain again. And she was like, oh, that's just residual pain from the surgery and healing.
2: (laughs) This whole thing (laughs) is like making me the
0: cringiest. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm like, okay, all right. And she's like, I want you to go see a fertility specialist. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, fine. So this is where it kind of like. Crosses right? over. Yeah. So like, I go see this fertility specialist. She wants to do that HSG test to test yeah. my tubes. Because she said more times than not, your tube collapses again. Like it does not stick.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So of course it didn't. My tube was blocked again I'm sorry so that was super painful yeah <laughs> so of course like she comes back oh, wait.
2: going back to that yeah so what happens then just like the di- die just chills in your tube or like
1: yeah so uh, she put me on antibiotics no question yeah so like it kind of gets stuck and then it like drains back into your uterus and then it's like like I guess is absorbed but like she gave me antibiotics because you can get an infection from the dye just that
0: they put in your body (laughs) because (laughs) because
2: it's the foreign body that they're throwing in there yeah Yeah, that makes sense yeah yeah okay
0: wow sorry about that
1: yeah so that was fun (laughs) and then um so then like we had our like follow-up like all of the lab work looked normal um my like whatever it's like your amh level Mm -hmm. that checks your egg quality was pretty low um were you told
0: it was menopausal rate
1: no she just said it was low
0: for your age
1: that's awesome so she uh like Will's blood work and everything, all his tests came back normal. Okay. So she was like, you know, my my recommendation for you obviously is IVF. Mm-hmm. And at this point I said to her, so I'm a little concerned because my pain is coming back. And she said to me, and I will like literally never forget this because I literally just like was shocked and I don't even remember the rest of the appointment. Yeah. Said just because you're having pain doesn't mean that there's something physically wrong that would prevent us from doing IVF.
0: Say what? <laughs> it's <laughs> back to that parent centric world where they say, Well, the only goal is to get you pregnant, right? Like and,
1: and she's there like there might be an
0: issue, but tube. you can get pregnant still, right?
1: Yeah. And and mm-hmm. she was like, You don't need your tube to get pregnant with IVF.
0: Okay, Never mind hurts. the fact that
1: you
2: were in physical pain. Like that nothing, that does not matter to her. Advocating
0: like, for your pain. Ah, I hate that. Okay, wow. Continue.
1: So I like, I was like, oh my God, did she just like say that to me? <laughs> like I, was, right. I walked out of there and I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going crazy.
0: I don't know. I guess we're going forward with this. You know what? I want to give you mad props though, because I feel like you're- f- kind of refreshing in the fact that you least realized that your pain should be listened to. So I think a lot of endo warriors just go along with the fact that they should be in pain. Like you literally had the right reaction going, excuse me, what? And then you self-doubted, which we hate, but you yeah, did like, it like caught you off guard,
2: which is yeah. what it should have done. Especially yeah. for someone who had never heard of endo right. before that, like I think that's a huge thing because I had heard of endo and I was the one who was like, Hey, I'm pretty sure I have endo, but I still was like, whatever my doctor says, like, I'm yeah. good with that. Same so. yeah. I was like, well, I'm just going to hurt.
0: Right. Like, yeah, it's- I'll just be in pain. It's fine. Yeah. No big deal. This is
1: my life. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: okay. We'll do it. A <laughs> uh, quick clarification for a few. So you, did, were you guys actively trying to get pregnant before you paralysis yeah. and stuff so you were off birth control before all of this
1: yeah I was only on birth control so I started birth control it was like maybe a year before maybe two years before we got married okay because I had cramps that were bad and that was like oh here take birth control you'll feel better I was like okay
0: yeah I, that's I, what my I question was, was is it was it post-symptom or were you on it pre? you know before and you never really had s- it's a band-aid in my opinion. It masks a lot of our pain and lets us go too long without help. So
1: yeah. So I was getting, because of the birth control, I was then getting monthly migraines, which I'd never had before. Oh, wow. And instead of them saying like, oh, maybe it's the birth control. They're like, here's migraine medication.
0: Yep, Add another med on there. Goodness (laughs) gracious. So you're told that you should do IVF because damn your body and your pain levels. We want to make you a mama. So is that the route you guys took?
1: Yeah. So yeah, um, (laughs) I was very insistent that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. So I, I went back to my surgeon and I said, I really Well, I researched this whole blocked tube thing because literally everything that you read says that you should remove the tube to doing IVF for a higher chance of success. And I didn't dare ask (laughs) my (laughs) reproductive doctor because of the way she messed, like said things before. So I basically like made an appointment with my surgeon and I went in because I was in pain like every day. It actually felt worse to me than before my first surgery. So I, I went in and I said to her, listen, this is really bad. Something's wrong. She's like, well, it can't be that bad because I, I just did surgery like a few months ago. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what to say. And I was like, and also my tube is blocked. And she's like, well, don't they need to take that out before you do IVF? I was like, that's what I thought.
2: Honey, <laughs> like, you should mention that. We we're making some progress here, lady.
1: <laughs> so props to her for this part, because then she was like, well, I'm going to message your doctor and tell her that I'll remove the tube if she agrees to it. And I was like, okay I was like well then can you like remove whatever else is in there like endo wise while you're in there and she was like yeah she's like but if she doesn't want to do this surgery I'm not doing it what and I was like okay
0: who's my doctor and who's the patient
1: yeah so thankfully she she said yeah go ahead I, like i don't know why this is a thing
0: but. appreciate you so
2: so you've like, super good experiences with your doctors so far yeah, super <laughs> great yeah. super great
1: i love them all yeah. <laughs> so fast forward to like she actually do, she did get me in super quick cuz she was like i don't want you to waste any more time before you do ivf so like literally two weeks later, I had surgery. Oh wow! And again, she was like, "Oh, you know, it'll be an hour. I don't, ex- I don't expect to find much." Almost three hours into it, and when I woke up, she's standing over me and she's like, "I'm so sorry. You were right. It looked like endo exploded inside of you." <sighs> And I was like, I just like started crying. Obviously, I just woke up from surgery,
0: so I probably would have cried anyway, but. You also feel validated, which I was is like a mixed
2: emotion. Like, yeah. <laughs> how, I'm glad she apologized. I mean, yeah, honestly, me too. I too I am.
1: And I do really feel like she cares about her patients. I just think she was unaware of her limitations with how much she thought she knew. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, which is not their fault,
2: it, They aren't educated. They aren't trained, which I think is part of the problem. I mean, really, like it really is part of the problem is that they're like, I can go in and I can remove it and you're going to be fine. And like not understanding the whole illness, like the whole disease itself is just can take over in a second.
1: Yeah. 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 Hmm. And she Honestly, like she was probably the best doctor I could have found, considering some of the horror stories I've heard from other people. She did do excision. So she did and she did it robotically. Like she was very good with the robot.
2: Oh, so you you, she did do excision surgery? Yes. Yes. That's
0: nice. Wow, yeah.
1: So I could have been way worse off. Yeah. Um, but then she was like, you need to like literally within the same like moment as I'm waking up from surgery she's like you need to go on Lupron right away because I you know you don't want this growing back in time before you do IVF and I was like then I started like really I was like no not the Lupron
2: So you knew, like you knew
1: knew at that point, point. at this point, I had been on like a lot of Facebook groups and like, I was very much educated at this point about, but like, I still doubted a lot Yeah. because I don't know. It's like one of those things where like, you read all these things about like, this person had this experience. This person had this, like, this is what this says. And then you're like, what is it? is this what I'm experiencing? I'm not quite yeah. sure. Like, is it this bad? Or am I just yeah. like
2: exaggerating it? i yeah. have talked about this before. You almost gaslight yourself. You do. Because you're yeah. like, oh, my situation's not that bad. And then I'm like, and then they're like, oh, all your organs are fused together. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess that was a little and, bad.
0: And I- we're like- <laughs> told to trust medical staff so if medical staff doesn't believe us immediately then we're like oh yeah we are crazy like yeah you're you're myself. and even after people are like don't trust your doctor don't trust your doctor you're still like but I'm supposed to
1: right like literally it. when I was having that second surgery with her it's like I knew better I knew that like she wasn't the best doctor to have surgery with but I was also in a I felt trapped because I also work for a health system. Yeah. That covers surgery with the health system
0: doctors. Yeah.
1: Right. So, what was I going to do? Go outside of my network and pay thousands of dollars when I could have a covered surgery? Like, (laughs) and then I was like, I'm going to give her another chance. Like, I I feel good about this one.
0: (laughs) I agree. You do that, though. Yeah.
1: So, um, And that recovery was like the worst. I don't know. She removed my tube. She did all this extra stuff. And at my follow-up appointment, I was in tears because she, I was like really struggling recovering. And this was like four weeks later (laughs) and I wasn't back at work yet. And she was like, why aren't you back at work? You should be back at work by now. Your surgery wasn't that big of a deal. (laughs) and I was like whoa (laughs) what just happened you just told me (laughs) yeah
0: so I'm not usually lost for words but like what yeah yeah
1: yeah so and and Will was with me and I like I was just like trying so hard not to cry and I walked out of there and I was like what just happened and he's like I don't even know what to say so so I go back to work And a week later, I'm like dying. I had a job where I had to be on my feet all day, like walking around the hospital and I was dying. So I, once again, researched for myself and like, everyone was like, you should go to pelvic floor physical therapy after your surgeries, because it helps you heal. It helps everything like it helps with adhesions from like surgery and like nerve pain and like all of that. So I'm like, I guess I'll ask her about this and she didn't like recommend it. <laughs> so right. I, I asked her, I'm like, so what are your thoughts on pelvic floor physical therapy? And She's like, that's a great idea. Lots of women have success with it after surgery. I'm like, is this real? <laughs> like, You're like, am I
2: the doctor? <laughs> am I the doctor now?
1: If it's such a great idea why was this not recommended? I
0: just, uh,
1: it's wild. It was tremendously helpful.
0: (laughs) I appreciate you. Kisses. (laughs) Yeah. So wild. Oh, it was so, it feels like to me a little bit, potentially she didn't know to recommend it, but can't not be the expert. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people can't just say, I don't know. Let me go research that for you. It seems like a Oh yeah. Obviously you should do that. Like it was make probably you like belittled.
1: Huh. Let me look that up real quick.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pelvic floor. Yeah, Google says yeah. yes. Google says <laughs> do it.
1: Go for it.
0: <laughs> but it was helpful.
1: Yes. The problem was I went like probably almost two months after my surgery because I couldn't get in right away. Yeah. And then she had to like fast track me because we were scheduled to start IVF and she couldn't do oh, it while we were doing IVF.
0: That makes sense.
1: So, but it did help. And um, and then we like went right into IVF.
0: But you, and this is when you were on the Lupron.
1: I did not. Oh, I forgot about that. I did you not didn't take, take it. the Lupron. I resisted. <laughs> I gave in to taking the birth control that was my like compromise with my (laughs) doctor because I believed that if I didn't take something this was gonna like explode inside of me and that something would have to help it right
0: I did the same thing I didn't take the Lupron either though
1: (laughs) I took continuous birth control like she put me on it right after my surgery yep um and and actually like right after this happened and before we did ivf i went to the very first endometriosis summit that they had
0: oh cool
1: so that's when because it's not far from me it's in Mm -hmm. here and that's where i heard dr vidali speak and i was like oh my gosh he is like the the like person i would want to have surgery with
2: Yeah. yeah you're like this is what an actual specialist yeah
1: (laughs) yeah. and like the whole time I'm like oh my gosh that didn't happen that didn't happen like just like oh my gosh what's what's going on inside of
0: me right now like (laughs) yeah (laughs) what do they mess up yeah I have that feeling a lot uh so um
1: obviously he was out of network. So that wasn't going to happen anytime soon. And I was right. like, all right, we're going, we're going forward with this whole IVF thing. And I, we really only could do it because my insurance did cover right some of it. So they gave us like a dollar amount towards a lifetime of fertility treatment, whatever that meant.
2: Yeah. Um, Which is better than some people get. I, I know. Mean, honestly. Right.
1: Because honestly, if it hadn't been covered at all, we probably yeah. wouldn't have even considered it.
2: That was me. one of the, my main reasons for not considering it is I was like, I am not going to pay $15,000 for something that might not work. Yeah. Like that That was not a thing for me.
1: Yeah, totally. Like I, there's no way we would have, like I yeah. just wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, so we did the IVF didn't work. I'm sorry. And, um, like (laughs) I did not have a good experience with that either. Surprise, surprise. That was from what I gather from other people's IVF experiences. My clinic was like very mediocre at best, like very non-communicative. Like I had to like ask for my results of everything oh, um, no. I never saw my doctor after the first visit what like I did not I did not know that that was what that was like I thought it was like that for everybody but apparently it's not
0: yeah Um, mm. it
1: just didn't feel personable like it didn't feel like they were even like looking at me as like you have endo, you have this, you have that. We need to do X, Y, and Z differently yeah, because of these things. Like it was just like, this is our standard protocol and this is what we do for everybody. Right. right? And talking to other people who actually went through with them too,
0: had the same experience and felt the exact same way. So such a shame, especially for like, not that I think there's any doctor that can slack on the person skills, but If you're dealing with fertility, yeah, I'm just gonna tell you your clientele needs a little extra love. Period. I actually, I hated
2: my reproductive endocrinologist because of that. Like, he was so not personable at all, and like made me feel like I wasn't important. Like the one day I was sitting in his office, and he's like staring out the window while he was talking at me, and I was just like, I walked out of there
0: sobbing. Yeah, I was like here. (laughs) Yeah. my life is in your hands here like yeah or like the fact that when I had my surgery I never saw him the day of he waited till I was asleep to come in and then left before I was up
2: oh my gosh yeah I will say I had a fully I have a fully different relationship with my regular OB who did my surgeries like I was talking to him in the surgery room and he came and saw me beforehand like He's like, you don't do well with Vicodin, you know. Like, I I'm wish. Like, oh, I don't. So, so my my regular OB is like a plus.
0: Not for me. My reproductive endocrinologist did my surgery. Thank goodness, though, he did no window. Um, no. And then he got a little angry when I said no to chemo medicine. But you know, it's all good. It's all good. We're just gonna keep moving. That's what we're we'll anyway, as <laughs> This isn't about us. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that IVF experience, high level, whatever you're comfortable with.
1: Yeah. So, um, I honestly didn't know a lot about the IVF process going into it. I knew there were injections and needles and stuff, but like, I didn't know the extent. Yeah. Um, so what frustrated me too. So like, I, during the f- process, I kept asking them like, is this normal? Is this normal? Is this normal? Because to me, it seemed like things were like, not really progressing. Yeah. And we were like, they even like increased my dosage like earlier than they had planned. Um, Cause you know, you, I, oh, and I was on an extended amount of Lupron because of endo. So like yeah. I was on lupron for a solid month of like a micro dose, like a five microgram, whatever it was, dose while on the birth control still.
0: Oh wow. Cause that's fun. I bet, I bet you weren't psycho at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then let me start IVF. Right. Hey, those well, hormones was in the even, group.
2: That was don't like throw, throw that on top of it. <laughs>
1: Party. And then it was like okay now you're gonna come off the birth control for a week and like let yourself bleed and then we're gonna start it again and it was very weird um so then i started on the like one medication and then things weren't really doing what they needed to do so then they added the second medication in so now i was doing lupron and the two other drugs and it was like, I don't know, they say you usually like do your STEM meds for like at max two weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was already at day like 11 or
0: 12. I'm sorry. Is it normal to do all these things to make you not have a baby chemically and then just pump you full of IVF medications to get you pregnant? Thank you. Like. Thank you. No medical degree here. Just seems backwards. I don't know.
1: Yeah like let's make your ovaries stop completely <laughs> and then let's be like okay wake up
0: <laughs> hello I honestly I'm don't know shy. how you woke how up I would have went from like the most critical person to like <gasps> well, I when I
1: started on like those other meds there were days where I was like I should be locked up in my room because I feel like I might actually commit murder today. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. I
1: was out of my mind.
0: Yeah. So I'm just going to say, I'm sorry for the experience you had. Cause I, <laughs> with no clinical knowledge, I know that was a shit show and I'm sorry that you had to Mom, go through it.
1: Yeah. And so like the whole time I'm like, so is this like normal progression? And all I kept getting was, well, everyone responds differently. Yeah. Okay. But like, is this normal?
0: But my medical plan is the exact same as them.
1: Like, I I don't understand. So Mm. all of this to say, by the time we triggered, I only got six eggs at my retrieval. And we got a call that four had fertilized. And we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then the next day they called to say that we had three, like embryos that have stuck around. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then they tell us, okay, you're going to come in on this day for your transfer. Everything looks great. Yeah. Like, okay, great. So we are like on cloud nine. We're like, oh my God, we have three embryos. Like we're going to have transfer one and we're going to freeze the other two. Like, this is going to be amazing. And literally we get in there as they're about to do this procedure, the doctor, who I don't know, because it's not my doctor, it's whoever doctor's working that day, yeah, comes in and says, so your embryos don't look so great. We're going to have to transfer all three of them if you want any chance of this working. Uh, and I was like, huh?
2: Like they just said everything looks great. And I'm like, how is this
1: even possible?" I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So, like in my mind, I'm like, we're going to transfer all three. Does that mean like I'm going to have triplets because I don't want that? Right.
0: <laughs> like, like what what's the likelihood? Mean? Like, what does this mean? On top of it, you've been advocating that you still don't feel good. You still have issues. You've been trying to get research, and no one's even had a thought about adeno Mm-mm. being. Oh, no no, no,
1: no, no. My uterus looked great on ultrasound.
0: <laughs> Sucker. No, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> I was. They transfer all three. They
1: transfer all three. I was a wreck that day. I was like, oh my God, we're doomed. Like, this is terrible. Yeah. So that was a terrible two week wait. Like that was awful. And I made the terrible mistake of working the day of my blood work. Like, don't do that.
0: (laughs) We do too much.
1: I got the call while I was literally, I was a pharmacy tech. So I was delivering medications to the maternity floor.
0: Uh Oh, that's not okay. (laughs) For
1: sure. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So, needless to say, I left work that day. Yeah. Um, And then we waited like a couple weeks. And I was like, you know, we did not think that we would do it again because we didn't think we financially could. The lady basically at the office told us like you basically have enough finances to do one full round and one frozen transfer like that's what this would cover okay so I'm like there's no way we can afford another one so then it was like well let me just check let me just see how much is left which took forever because of the t- by the time they took to process all of the claims and everything it was like probably over well over a month later and I'm still asking them like what's my balance what right. do I have left so we had enough we didn't have enough we had a decent amount and then thankfully like we had friends and family donate
0: to oh, us that's awesome
1: so we did still end up having to like put on a payment plan
0: mm-hmm.
1: a couple thousand dollars but we were like well let's give it one more go because now like my doctor's like we know you know to start you at a higher stim level first and blah 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 so then she had me on all these supplements too like all the supplements you you could imagine
0: that didn't work last time let's just put more things in you
1: yeah and like I'll be honest I was not like consistent with them so of course then I started like oh my God, I didn't take my supplements every day. Like this is it was my bad. fault. This is getting yeah. my fault, yeah.
0: Can I pause you and say, you just told us you were a pharmacy tech. So <laughs> do you feel, or did you feel the same way about like going on all these drugs or keep getting prescribed more? Or is that kind of like an after filling now that you've like kind of felt your own body and know that you had it an o, and I don't know and I made those words into one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I knew- I did a lot of research on these drugs. Like I knew a lot. Yeah. About them like going into it. Like
0: um you're probably in a better position to understand it than most. At least from a drug perspective a little of, bit.
1: Yeah, like I did and I had a lot of good resources. Like my second round I actually had a weird reaction to the Lupron, where I was like having internal like itching. Like my wow. entire body was itchy. And every mm. time I brought this up to them, they were like, oh, take Benadryl. Oh, take like, <laughs> like not like, oh, let's stop it. it yeah. Was,
0: because the goal is only to be a parent. That's the only thing it, you could ever need. And let us know if you get worse. Was yeah. It.
1: So I walked around for like a month and a half, like scratching myself to death because I was like so itchy. Mm. So... um. So, yeah, so we did, I took all the supplements. I went back on the birth control continuously. um, Still having pain even while on the continuous birth control and all of that. So second time around, they're like, all right, we're going gung-ho on this. We're going to give you like the max dose of stims from the start. Mm -hmm. You didn't respond great last time. So they do this and it's going worse than the first time Mm. i by like day 10 had barely any measurable follicles
2: and Ah. it
1: was to the point where my doctor calls me one day and says so you have two choice you have a choice here you have maybe three that we could um retrieve or we can just stop everything and I was like, "Uh, that's not an option because I paid all this money. I bought all of these meds. I've taken
2: all of these meds. Yeah, and I'm not going crazy. We're do something with these meds. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm not like destroying my body <laughs> essentially for nothing. for nothing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we triggered that night, and then they got four eggs, and two fertilized. Okay. And they already said, we're going to transfer on day three. We don't expect this to be any better than the last time. I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) This will be fun. So at least this time I was like mentally prepared and not like shocked while sitting on the table, like waiting for them to do the transfer. Right. So I went in totally different doctor again. Um, he was very nice, but like, again, like, I don't know you.
0: Yeah. You're not my Um, doctor.
1: Yeah. So this time on the day of my blood work, I was like, in that morning, I was like, I'm just going to take a test because how different can it be? Yeah. Morning of your blood work. Like literally my blood work was two hours later. Right. So I took a test, a digital one and it said yes. And I was like, Freaking out, obviously. Right. My husband was sleeping. I was like, Wake up! Oh my god! Like <laughs> freaking out. We're both freaking out. Um, I like go to my blood work, all the nurses are freaking out. They're like so excited. I like called like a couple people. I didn't want to tell everybody because I was like, I want it to be a surprise. But you worked I,
0: so hard like, for it.
1: Yeah, and I had bought like all these like announcement things and yeah Whenever. so then she the nurse calls me at like three o'clock which is like way later than they usually call yeah and she was like I'm so sorry but your blood work was negative negative." and I was like what and she's like I don't know why I had them run it twice I don't know why you got that positive test this morning and I was just like...
2: And on a digital, even. Like, which is...
1: digital! Like, to be the most sensitive? Like, yeah. I've never gotten a guess on a
2: digital.
0: <laughs> me neither
1: until then. So I was like, this has to be true. Like... Right. So she was like, it must have, like, tried to attach and it just, like, didn't stick. And I was like, oh, my God. And that destroyed me. I... Yeah. Um, was a mess I I think that was a Friday and I was in bed till Monday like I just did not
0: you're heartbroken
1: yeah like I remember physically like you're like in your bed and physically sobbing out loud because like you just can't even believe that this is happening
0: so let's pause there and touch on mental health I know we've joked about it, right? And all three of us giggle a ton because that's how we've coped with all of our traumas, especially in this area. Um, And we've hit a little bit on, you know, hormones are getting turned off and turned on and flipped sideways and doing cartwheels, right? Because of these medications. But how was your mental health like throughout all of this? Was it trying? Did you have any mental health things before the, you know, IVF endo experience. I know you've talked about it a little bit, how it's, it, it went downhill for you. Right.
1: Yeah. So, um, thankfully I had actually, for other reasons, been in counseling, like off and on. So it was somebody who like, I would go to every once in a while when I like needed a, a little pick me up. <laughs> like, hey, right. I need check in. Um, but then during IVF, I, our first round, I wasn't seeing anybody at that time. Um, I really wish I had been. Mm-hmm. My second round, I had found somebody to talk to. And it was then that I realized it was not the right counselor for me because I was educating her the entire time on what endometriosis was and what <sighs> IVF was. And it was more exhausting than <laughs> it was helpful. Yeah.
0: Um I appreciate you saying that. I think a lot of people are afraid to verbalize when it wasn't the right fit.
1: Yeah. And I, I was like denying it because I didn't want to have to find another person. I did find an amazing counselor who I still work with today. Oh, good. She herself went through IVF and the fact that she like i didn't have to explain to her like what the ivf process was and what the drugs were and what this was and what that was it was so refreshing i was like oh thank you
0: <laughs> we talk a lot about having like our own small gang of like friends and support systems that understand but that includes like sometimes you need medical um from you know even from like a therapist or psychologist standpoint that has at least an understanding of what you're going through yeah. Because we are so exhausted of explaining ourselves.
1: Yes. That just was like my done. goal. I was like, I need someone who understands this.
0: Yeah.
1: I can't explain this again to someone
2: else. Is, like, yeah. Like understands the trauma of infertility period. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, people have no idea the toll that takes on you. And on top of that, you were on hundreds of drugs, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like gas lit left and right. And I'm sure that that that's the whole thing.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you being willing to verbalize how hard it is and that help is needed because all of us have trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma that are a lot of times related and we're just, we're silent for way too long. So I do think it's very important when people are comfortable enough to say, Hey, it was hard. Hey, after I didn't have a, positive pregnancy. I laid in my bed for three days and physically hurt, verbally hurt.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, I gave this my all.
2: <laughs> yeah. yes. So what was your life like after that?
1: So, um, I actually scheduled and about a month later, I scheduled an appointment at another clinic mm-hmm. to get a second opinion, even though I knew going into it, we wouldn't be able to afford it. I literally wanted to hear that my doctor was wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So, mm-hmm. I went to another clinic and ironically the doctor that I saw knew my doctor. He had worked with her in the past. And he honestly was the first doctor who sat down and explained to me why endometriosis prevents can prevent you from getting pregnant mm-hmm. and why okay. It didn't work, and why her process was less of a success than it could have been. Maybe.
0: Yeah. He
1: basically told me like you have endo way worse than most of my patients. If you if you go through with me, he's like I can't promise you'll have that much better of an outcome.
2: But like, how much better does that make you feel? Like, if somebody would have told you from that from the start, like. Yeah. Be real with me.
1: Right. Like I, I honestly did not get any sort of realistic expectation from my doctor, like my reproductive doctor. Like I wasn't told like, Hey, there's a very slim chance that this is going to work.
0: Yeah. I think a a lot of people just really rush to you're a woman, you have issues down there. We better get you pregnant now. And just think, throwing medication at us and talking us into these crazy procedures—that like, that's all that matters. Yes. Rather than, yeah. and it happened to me. Like, I did not get endometriosis diagnosis until I was in an infertility, you know, journey and a workup again. Even though I went to the doctor for endo, I said, "Hey, can I still get pregnant, please?" Yeah. Um, it's so funny because they just—they don't care. They just want to meet that goal. When, if they would just listen to us, like from the get go, when we're like, our bodies are doing this, how does this infect impact this? How it was hard for me to get pregnant? Is this related? Yeah, they probably have a better idea of how to even approach us, right? It, it's all related. Guess yeah. I'm saying long-windedly.
1: Yeah, mm. and like they don't take it into consideration at all. well, some do, some don't, because
0: yeah, the majority though,
1: this doctor was he would have taken it into
0: consideration
1: um and he basically told me that I was over suppressed and under stimulated
0: oh wow the cocktail again shocking (laughs) and then on top of that there's a lot of unexplained ties for endometriosis and Mm -hmm. infertility and you're still undiagnosed with adenomyosis, which means yes, your uterus yeah. probably wasn't habitable from the jump. So yeah. how did you get from IVF to getting a hysterectomy and finding adeno?
1: Yeah. So once we decided that like, okay, we can't do this anymore. We can't afford it for one. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go like it. I can't spend $30,000 right. in alone for a maybe like I just just could not do it no so um a couple months went by and my pain was excruciating I kept on the birth control because that's the only thing that somewhat helped like Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting a period so like hey there's a plus yeah (laughs) so that's when I started like hmm could I have surgery with this other doctor? Like how much would it really cost? Yeah. yeah. So, and of course this is right when COVID hit. Um. So I actually set up like a phone consultation with him. He does free phone consultations. I had to send him like this massive packet of like my entire history. Right. Um, surgical photos, like the whole thing. And he... He told me on the phone, he was like, you know, looking at your pictures, your doctor didn't do a bad job, but she didn't do a great job. And I, I think I could help you. He's like, but I want to see you in the office. I'm like, okay, great. So a couple months went by, we went to the office in New Jersey and he basically told me like, it's up to you what you want to do. He's like, you've just had two surgeries in like a very short period of time it is a lot for you to have another surgery, but you know, if it's, he's like, I, I know I can help you. Yeah. Okay. So I left that appointment and it was kind of just like up in the air, like whatever you want to do. So I contacted them within days and I was like, I need to have the surgery. Cause I had this like massive episode where like, I couldn't move. And I was like, Nope, we're done.
0: Yeah. Like I don't have a choice.
1: Yeah. So I look, I did all the research. Um, thankfully my insurance did cover like a lot of it considering it's con- like tier whatever on the insurance plan, Yeah, but his surgical fees are not covered,
0: which was yeah.
1: a lot of money. Yep. And that went right on a credit card <laughs> that I'm still <laughs> paying for for the rest of my life, probably. Yep. But um, so, literally, scheduled surgery, and probably like a month before, I started having almost like decision anxiety because I started like thinking about all these things and I felt like I needed to ask should I have a hysterectomy? And I was telling myself, I'm crazy. Like who asks for a hysterectomy when you're trying to have children? Like this doesn't make any sense. And is he going to be like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. Like I was terrified to ask him. I had so much anxiety and I finally did. And I was like, do you think I would need a hysterectomy? And he basically told me, if you don't, I believe you'll be back within a year or two asking me for one. He's like, but it's to you. He's like, I let my patients decide because it's final. Like that is final for your fertility. Yeah. And so literally a couple days later, I had another like episode where I couldn't even walk up the stairs to get my medication. And I was like, yep, this is the answer. Let's do it.
2: Yeah. That's, and that's how I was like, I was just in so much pain. I was like my desire to be out of
0: pain outweighs my desire to be a mom.
1: Yes. So. It's and interesting
0: that we all doubt ourselves too, because I have not had a test I do think that's going to be part of the bundle of my next surgery. Um, would recommend <laughs> 10 out of 10 recommend. No, I, and we have, I have suspected, I don't know. I have not confirmed it. Right. And it's hard though. Cause you still just like, even me, who's like a, a hop from being kid free, like truly embracing it naturally. I'm like, do I want to do that? Right. Like, am I mentally there prepared for that? Yeah. There's something to the finality of it.
2: I mean, yes. I, I said that, like I was leaning toward, you know, a kid free life three years before my hysterectomy. And I still, before my surgery which my first surgery was just to remove my tubes and I was still like I could do IVF if I wanted to right
1: yeah just
2: I just it's just that like that possibility of you know
0: maybe yeah but when and then it's so bad and then like the consideration point like we all thought maybe we needed one at some point you know what I mean like and we doubt our bodies I don't know. it's it's complicated (laughs) to the doctor and it's like I'd like a hysterectomy please yeah but it's so funny because the more and more endo and adeno warriors we meet the more and more that conversation I find is started by the person
1: yeah Yeah.
0: it's either like abruptly inappropriately recommended from the jump or we eventually show up and we're like does this need to come out right (laughs) like so, um, you yeah, made a like decision
1: the other, it's yeah. like either they're recommending it and you really don't need it.
0: You're 21 and you shouldn't have it.
1: Right. Or you're like on the other side of this and you're like, oh, maybe. And the doctor's like, whatever you want to do.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. Like,
1: no. Can you like, tell me what to do? Because I cannot make this decision. Yeah.
0: And let me jump in again and remind the audience or anybody that's listening a hysterectomy is not a cure for endometriosis it does help with adenomyosis because you're taking out that uterus which is what has the adenomyosis inside of it the scar tissue or in like betsy's case a cinder block they did take that out too (laughs) (laughs) so um you decided to have the hysterectomy did that surgery go any better yes so um and when are what year are we at this point because we're in COVID 2020
1: okay this was June of 2020 so this was when thing like so this was a really like messy time because Mm -hmm. it was at the point where they were like maybe starting to do surgeries again in hospitals but maybe not yeah basically at one point my choice had to be whether or not I wanted the surgery now without the hysterectomy in a surgical center or wait until they could do it in the hospital man and so I thankfully I honestly don't know what happened because it was very confusing at that time but like they called me and they were like okay we're scheduling your surgery in this hospital for this day and I was like really
0: awesome (laughs) that's so, good
1: of course I had to sign like this waiver that was like I understand that this is final for my fertility and I was like yeah yeah I understand can you just
0: got it take it <laughs> out how long was that surgery do you know
1: so he it was almost three hours
0: okay
1: um and when I woke up from that surgery he told me to beforehand he was like because I asked him, I was like, how long do you predict this will take? And he was like, well, he's like, I work really fast. I'm really good at this. And I'm like, I know, but like,
2: oh, for real. Long? It's like curious. Yeah.
1: Right. So he's like, I don't know, like maybe like two hours max. And then it did take him like a little bit longer. But props to him. He had a whole team, he had a urologist
0: mm-hmm.
1: and a general surgeon. Awesome. So the general surgeon worked on my like intestines and bowels. The urologist worked on my bladder and he did the rest.
2: Amazing what having a qualified
0: professional do your
1: surgery is like.
0: Do you mind sharing who your doctor is?
1: Yeah, Dr. Vidali. Yes.
0: Yeah, Dr. Vitale, he is amazing. I know a couple other Indo warriors have gotten the privilege. (laughs) <laughs> to have the surgery really with them it's like awesome I
1: feel like lucky that I had enough <laughs> credit card like yeah on a credit card that I could do this because like he basically told me um it was really bad there was a lot of residual disease that she did not get yeah and everything was stuck together yeah and what's really cool is actually he sent me the video
0: oh that is awesome
1: um it's like super sped up so I had to like slow it down to watch things but he's like I basically did two surgeries first I had to remove all of the endo then I had to do your hysterectomy and he did end up removing everything except my ovaries okay um he was like I didn't want to remove them I took off all of the cysts that were on Mm -hmm. there um so when he called me after my surgery for my like follow-up, cause it was long distance. So he yeah. had me travel there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that's when he told me it was confirmed that I had adenomyosis. And I literally was like, I got off the phone and I just started crying because mm-hmm. I felt like, oh my God, this surgery was worth it. I made the right decision. Like I agonized over that phone call to be like, like, I was terrified that he was going to be like, Oh, your uterus was fine. We probably shouldn't have removed it. Like, yeah,
0: we all blame ourselves or scared. We're making the wrong decisions, but we're generally right about our bodies. Um, so that was, you said 2020, right? So two years later, how are you feeling? I know a lot of people, especially who get the adenoid diagnosis, you feel relief because you're taking out a, di- a organ that's a dying. A disease, yeah. yeah. So, how are you feeling like today? Do you have endo flares? Do you feel it coming back? How's this like past I years been?
1: Amazing. Still, yeah. like Good. I. Sometimes I'm like, oh my god, like what if it starts to come back? And then I'm like, no, nope, just let it. Just let Mm -hmm. yourself just just feel good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, every once in a while I get these weird, like episodes of like bloating and like a smit, like I say pelvic pain, but like, it's really nothing compared to what it used to be. Um, (laughs) bless you. (laughs) Um, so I honestly, couldn't like I honestly after my, I recovered which took forever. Um, definitely, if you go through that surgery, don't expect it to be a quick recovery because my yeah. recovery took forever, and I didn't expect it to take that long. Yeah. Um, but once I recovered from surgery, I felt like I could finally like live my life.
0: I'm so happy for um, you, and how are you doing on the kidless, kid free? Are you feeling I mean we're friends because we're gonna to go to an, an infertile myrtle trip, right? That was not how it was advertised, it's just what it became of us, goofballs. Um, are you are you finding happiness in life? Are you are okay with not having kids?
1: Yeah, it has taken me these two years, I feel like up until the past couple months, like I struggled so hard for mm-hmm. so long. Um, But I, again, my counselor, amazing. Like, yeah, she seriously just like, helped me through so much because I, I literally was at a point where I was like, there is no way. People could possibly be happy after this. Like, yeah, they're lying to themselves. Like, yeah. I would watch people on Instagram and be, they're all like happy and like kid free. And I'm like, you're lying. You're literally lying. There's no way you could be happy.
0: <laughs> and, and now, now you're kind of there.
1: Now I'm like, okay, I can, can, I can understand. <laughs> um, cause I feel like I'm finally past that raw stage of grief. Yeah. yeah. Where it's not consuming me, I
0: anymore. agree. I'm happy to see you here and meet you while you're here because it's been a joy to kind of be at the same point of our jury journeys together. Where we're kind of like we could have fun in life still.
1: Yes, and I feel like like our little group that we've created now, our
0: our myrtles,
1: yes, has been so helpful too because it's like everybody. Is like so positive about, you know, enjoying life regardless of kids. So it's like, it brings a whole new light to it, and I feel like I definitely went through some stages of like filtering who I follow on Instagram because,
0: or in real life,
1: we needed to. Well, yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yes.
0: I told B, I wish I had found her earlier in my journey because I didn't know you could be happy, but I probably found her at the perfect time because now I'm happy too. Um, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining us, Nikki. Yeah. We're so yeah. excited for Betsy yeah. to meet you in real life. Yeah, I already so did. <laughs> to give lots of hugs. If I had to wrap up this. Go ahead. to
2: say? you are hardcore like yeah she is you went through a whole
0: lot in such a short time so give yourself some credit like yes you're amazing,
1: you're amazing. Thank you.
0: and what your story has taught me is a good piggyback off of that bee is that you're strong you could do anything so yes. there will be lots of blueberries and kayaking for you in Myrtle <laughs> Beach I don't care how you feel I told you I'd tie you to me <laughs> we are- we are going to live this out. And I'm bringing <laughs> <laughs> if you guys, if you guys want to know more about um, Nikki's great love for blueberries, DM her. She'll explain to you how they're the best thing in her life. And I'm supportive of it. So, yeah. <laughs> Nikki, do you want to tell people where to find you?
1: Oh, uh, yes. On Instagram, my handle is our story unfolding. So it's O U R story unfolding, one word.
0: And I will tag you in the notes. We'll also pass on any questions we get to you so you can answer. If you want to hear more from Nikki, she will be in another episode in a couple months um, just talking about the trip because we definitely feel like that's a privilege for us all to get together. Otherwise, thank you. We love you. you. We can't wait to hug you. You're a badass.
1: Thank you, guys.
0: Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.